This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Talk here on a a Talking Tuesday. Dabo Sweeney's still pissed. He's still not happy about what happened Saturday. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's... I don't think he's over it. I think he's, you know, trying to get past it and move on and get ready for the ACC championship game. But he just, well, he was asked questions. It wasn't like he volunteered. He was asked questions, again, about the South Carolina game, as he was after the game, as he was on Sunday. And, you know, dropped passes, overthrown passes, um, fumbles, breakdown in coverage, Mistake here, mistake there. South Carolina playing well, giving them credit, but really pointing more of the finger uh, at his guys for not getting it done. And very, very sour taste in the mouth for Dabo Sweeney still with the loss to South Carolina, even though they're getting ready to play North Carolina on Saturday night in Charlotte. In the ACC championship game, Tigers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And so you'll hear from uh, Dabo Sweeney uh, a little bit later tonight uh, some of his comments about uh, the loss to South Carolina and uh, what's coming up against North Carolina in Charlotte. But, yeah, he's still dealing with the fallout from losing to South Carolina for the first time in eight years. And if you... Could not get through last night. I know a bunch of you couldn't. If you could not get through last night, more than happy to take your phone calls tonight. Uh, 888-898-2525 is the phone number. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk to get you uh, through to us so that uh, you can share your thoughts about uh, what went down uh, this past weekend. And from a Clemson standpoint, of course, we talked a lot about South Carolina last night and the glory that the Gamecocks are reveling in uh, from uh, beating the Tigers and beating Tennessee. Some believe it's a, you know, program changer for the Gamecocks and and all of that. Time will tell. Let's see what roster the Gamecocks have next year. It could be a completely different team. But here's a little piece from Sweeney today. And, you know, I sat there. It was a 37-minute press conference. A lot of blah, 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 blah in there. But there was one thing he said, 10 seconds, 10 seconds out of 37 minutes that caught my attention. And it was about the South Carolina loss. And to me, this speaks volumes about Clemson's approach to the rivalry. Here's Dabo Sweeney. It's always tough when you lose, but, you know, it's it's not acceptable for us. It's never going to be acceptable for us to lose that game. You know, that's you got to deal with it, but it's not acceptable. Not acceptable to us to lose that game. That game. And I think that's a great approach to have to the rivalry. And I got a feeling Shane Beamer uh, feels the same way from a South Carolina standpoint now. 
Has South Carolina always felt that way about the rivalry game? Has it been, it's not acceptable to lose that game to South Carolina? Or is it just, hey, it's great to win it every so often, and if we lose, we lose, and there's always next year. Dabo Sweeney was pretty clear, not acceptable to lose that game. I just thought that spoke volumes about his approach and Clemson's approach to the rivalry. Maybe that helps explain why Clemson's won, you know, 30 more games in the rivalry than South Carolina has. Maybe South Carolina just hasn't been as committed to it, as committed to football over, you know, the 100-plus years as Clemson has been, as committed to uh, doing whatever it takes, whatever it takes uh, to win the rivalry game. But now the question is, is Dabo Sweeney doing enough to maintain the prominence of the Clemson football program? This will be two years in a row not making the playoffs. Now, I warned everybody. I warned everybody years ago. I said, when a playoff starts, that's all you're going to care about. You're not going to care if you win eight wins. You're not going to care if you win nine, ten wins. If you don't make the playoffs, you're viewed as a failure if you're an elite program. That's where Clemson is now. I mean, they've won ten games, and you would think, just reading some stuff from Clemson fans, hearing them on this show, you would think that the Tigers were three and nine, not ten and two. Ten wins again with a chance for 11 and a chance for 12. But that's not going to be good enough because in this era of playoff football, for a place like Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, places like that, and maybe eventually South Carolina, not making the playoff is unacceptable. The bar's been set so high, the standard has been set, the fans have been spoiled, and I'm sure if Ohio State doesn't make the playoff, their people will be reacting the same way. I'm sure there's folks at Notre Dame, of course, they do have a new coach who's kind of starting over, but they're kind of like, why aren't we making the playoffs this year? Why do we have these losses? So, That is the fallout from having a playoff system like we have. Ten wins and not making the playoff at places like Clemson, no longer acceptable. Losing to your rival, not acceptable. But that's what drives the program. That's what drives the head coach. But going back to my question, is Dabo Sweeney smarter than everybody or dumber than everybody? Is he too arrogant to see the error of his ways, or is he making, or is he not making errors? And what I'm talking about, of course, while others around him dive into the transfer portal and spend money openly, arrogantly, hand over fist in NIL deals to acquire players, you know, Clemson is going about it a different way, a way that they feel comfortable about. He's still ignoring the transfer portal. He'll give it some lip service, but he has no interest in getting into the transfer portal. They really only try. Don't count Hunter Johnson. Okay, that's not that's not transfer portal type talent we're talking about. They tried once last year to get a center, didn't get him, and that was that. 
He just doesn't have the stomach for it right now. And I think he believes that he and his program are above that, even though others around him are making hay in the transfer portal and helping themselves. Alabama's done it. Georgia has just a little bit. Tennessee. Uh, LSU won a national championship with a transfer quarterback. South Carolina making a living off of it. It's legal. It's part of today's game, just like the NIL situation. It's legal. It's part of today's game. Uh, but Dabo, is, he's, he doesn't seem interested, especially in the portal part, maybe in the, uh, the NIL part. Of course, they're going to play the NIL deal, but they're trying to do it, of course, taking a high road and trying to be philanthropic about it rather than being like looking like Miami and other schools and just pay for play, you know, trying to avoid that at all costs. But in doing so, are you going to lose players? Is that why Clemson is losing on some top flight players that maybe in the past when you didn't have all this openly, they might have won those recruiting battles? I mean, yeah, their recruiting is still strong. Don't get me wrong. But is their evaluation still good? I mean, did they misevaluate DJ Uyonglele? Or as I was learning today, Uy Yonglele. I've not been putting the Uy in there. I've just been going Uyonglele. It's Uy Yonglele. Did they misevaluate DJU? Cade Klubnik, it's, uh, it's still to be told. The biggest problem for those two guys are Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Neither one is Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence. Never have been, never were going to be, and never will be. And Clemson fans, of course, are stuck in the past when it comes to those six glorious years with those two quarterbacks. Chris Bergen joining us from Bergie Palace down in Sardis. Pat Daniel here with me as well at our uh, studios here, the Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia. 888-898-2525 is the number. All right, Bergie, I've thrown a bunch out there on the plate. What do you think? It's good stuff. And with regards to in terms of uh, whether or not Clemson should deal with the transfer portal, the answer is an absolute yes. If you're not going to deal with the transfer portal, you're going to be left behind. There's just no other way around it. You've got to go in and find players who can immediately help your team for a year. It's rent a player. There's no question about that. But they've got to find a way, and and I don't know if that's necessarily at the quarterback position because if they've recruited all that well, from what we understand, they should be fine at the QB position. But on down the road, how about a wide receiver? Is, is, Is there not anybody out there right now that would love to transfer to Clemson playing at the wide receiving core that's better than what they have with the exception of Antonio Williams? Yeah, I find that hard to believe that Clemson finds itself in this situation at wide receiver. Because, I mean, again, you're talking about guys who were, I don't know, four-star, five-star guys. I mean, they came in with all the potential in the world, and they played well earlier in their careers in Gata, E.J. Williams. They have obviously regressed, maybe because of injuries, maybe because of coaching. I don't know. Antonio Williams was certainly a breath of fresh air for them and showed a lot of um, a lot of promise but he's still a freshman. He still has ways to go and, and ways to develop. I mean, their tight ends became their greatest receiving threats 
down the field. I don't think that's how Clemson's offense is, is, is being built or is supposed to be built. And, of course, then the running game, the running game remains uh, very strong, as they showed against South Carolina. They just they, they, they got off track in the fourth quarter for whatever reason with Brandon Streeter calling the plays and went to their passing game, which had been horrid, and just gave up, forgot about their running game. Kind of reminds me of South Carolina and Missouri when you had Jaheim Bell and he never touched the football. Yeah. And it was mind-boggling. Well, I'm sure Clemson fans are like, what are you doing? I guess they were, you know, mind-boggled over what they saw in the fourth quarter. And absolutely understandable because I mentioned going into the ball game, you're looking at a defense in South Carolina that was ranked towards the back half of the FBS against run defense. They're going to face a similarly bad defense against the run this coming weekend. And if they run out the same game plan, and if they want uh, DJ Oweangale to try and be Drake May, they're probably going to lose that football game on Saturday as well. Your best players are in your backfield, and it's not your quarterback. Your best players are your running backs in that backfield and your defensive front line, even though they did not do as well as I think uh, Clemson fans would have hoped against South Carolina. But they've got to run the football and run it with conviction, and they've got to continue to run the football and get stubborn at running the football. You're, you're not going to win a Heisman Trophy with DJ. Don't even try to put him up there. Just run the ball this weekend, and they'll be fine. But the problem they ran into is they tried to get cute offensively and throw it too much in, and in the second half, and especially in the fourth quarter, 13 yards of passing offense against South Carolina was unnecessary. Just run the ball, set up your uh, offense to get an opportunity to kick a field goal and uh, perhaps win that ball game. But instead, here we are uh, with an offense that is getting questioned because their quarterback is not Trevor Lawrence, their quarterback is not Deshaun Watson, and their quarterback will never be. Whomever they bring in moving forward, hmm. Kate Klubnick, uh, Christopher Vizina, whomever else they move forward, will never be Deshaun Watson, will never be Trevor Lawrence. They, they got two quarterbacks back-to-back that are generational quarterbacks that no program has ever been able to get them on a consistent basis back-to-back. Your best players now are not your quarterback on offense. It's your running game. Utilize that on Saturday against North Carolina. Or, Phil, we may be sitting here next Tuesday chatting about what in the world is Clemson doing offensively? How in the world did they lose to both South Carolina and North Carolina when they've got a much better run game than they're utilizing? Yeah. Yet, and you'll hear this tonight from Sweeney, when asked about how do you do better in the passing game, his very quick response was catch the football. I mean, he put the he put the – he put the blame more on the receivers than any any other place. He said, catch the football. Um, now, he did say that there were some there were some missed targets. There were some overthrows. But, you know, he cited several examples where they had drops. He said there was one play where Brenning Stool was open and um, couldn't get the ball to him. I think the rush got to the quarterback, couldn't get the ball to him. Cited several different reasons that the passing game did not work, except that the quarterback was off target more often than he was on target. That never was really mentioned. So you hear that coming up here when we get to the the piece here with Swinney. All right, so we got all that to talk about. And uh, South Carolina kind of kicking back and relaxing. And uh, Shane Beamer's not going to hire a coordinator until after the bowl game. 
Uh, talked to Dante Reno last night, the 24 quarterback commitment. We'll give you details on that conversation coming up. But he, part of what he told us was, and he had been in conversation with Beamer last night, that uh, they're going to go with uh, uh, a committee, you know, offensive uh, planning and play calling by committee. I mean, I'm sure some one person will will emerge to call the plays. But as far as coaching up the offense, he said it'll be a group effort. And then after the bowl game, he'll get around to hiring his next uh, offensive coordinator, which probably means some of the people, a lot of the people he's interested in are going to be tied up with their team through the bowl season. So he wants to wait until that's over so he can uh, get the guy that he wants. Is there somebody on staff that might actually qualify for that? Somebody he wants and wants to see how they might work through the bowl game? Well, the only one I could think of, well, First comes to mind with me was Freddie Kitchens. You know. Exactly. But maybe, I don't know, is Justin Stepp qualified uh, to be an offensive coordinator and call plays? I don't know. Who's maybe qualified? he thinks he does. Was Dabo Sweeney qualified to take over as head coach at Clemson? Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> what's qualified until you put them out there and you see what they can do? Mm-hmm. You know? All right. So we got that for you. And, uh, and your phone calls. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky number here on Sports Talk. Why don't we go ahead and take phone calls, Pat? Is that okay with you? Yeah? We'll take some phone calls, and um, and let's see. What else we got? To, that's, that's it. Phone calls and uh, some Dabo Sweeney coming your way. And I'll tell you that our lottery lucky number, 888 And since 2002, more than $2.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund life scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash educationwins. Playing for funds, a win for education. We come to you from the Dave & Buster Studios. Eat, drink, play, catch the big games all season long. Dave & Buster's in Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. So the United States soccer team, I'll just mention this, United States soccer team won today. They advanced to the knockout round. And uh, as I was eating, I stopped at a place in uh, actually in Easley to have lunch. And uh, they had a soccer game up there on the screen. And I'll just say it's boring as hell. That's all I'm going to say about it. I watched it. it. It's boring as hell. Well, now they, they didn't have the American game up there. They had somebody else. Well, what time did you swing by? It was, you didn't play until 2 o'clock. Yeah, it was during that time. I don't, the screen I was watching, do they have multiple games going, I guess, at, at, at the same time? I, I can't imagine Fox would run anything up against the United States men's national team. That's boring as hell. Boring. <laughs> what was the final score for the Americans? One nothing. Oh, that's exciting. It was a good win. Exciting. They had to advance. You know what I also did? I, I painted a wall and I watched it dry. And that was more exciting than watching the, the soccer game. Uh, to so Joel you had to throw, in Florence. You, you had to throw that out there just to upset the uh, soccer fans right now because <laughs> – all right, look, I like women's basketball. I like USC women's basketball. Is that not enough? I got to right, well, like soccer. I got to be forced that's, to like uh, soccer, well, too. That's, I've, that's a big I've story come tonight. around on women's basketball a little bit. <laughs> does Does Aaliyah Boston play tonight against UCLA? I know. That's a huge story. Absolutely. That we absolutely. Have, we have to touch on this week. Two top 15. Well, we've been a little busy. Two top 15 teams. Too uh, too busy to chat about the number one what team. What you in the got, country? Pat? I know you're a soccer <laughs> you're a soccer nut. No, I was just going to play into the joke here. We, we tried to bring it up last night, but was given the Heisman, the, the stop signal on the Aaliyah Boston <laughs> update. As of last the night, the best she, player on the best team in the country, and we have yet to d- discuss whether or not she's going to be available tonight yep. to face number 15 in the nation. It's a big deal. Mm. All right, let's go to the phones. See if anybody asks about it. 
Joel in Florence. Welcome into Sports Talk. Talking Tuesday. You're talking. We're listening. Go ahead. Hey, Phil. Uh, I just want to start off by saying it was really great to see you at Rivals last Wednesday morning. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, great show that you and the bad boy and Ken Art and, and Bobby Shue. And um, it was really good to see you, but you should have went and played in the golf tournament afterwards, the Carolina Clemson golf tournament. I, I, we had a great time. I wasn't invited. You weren't invited. I wasn't invited. I guess I don't qualify. Wow. I wasn't invited. I'm saying it flat out. Smothers. Slapping the Schuster, face. Schuster. None, none of them invited. Nobody told me about it. They just said, I only go to eat the Krispy Kreme donuts anyway. That's the only reason I go is that they supply you with a, you know, enough Krispy Kreme donuts to turn your blood into pure cane sugar. And uh, so I just, you know, that's the only reason I go. Well, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll make you a promise right now. Next year, I'll save you a spot on my team. I'd love you that. Y'all played the golf. Y'all played the Country Club of South Carolina, and I wasn't invited. And and of course, and I'm not trying to make you jealous, but the course was in immaculate shape. Ryan Bell did a great job. Kirby Anderson, who you know hosted the tournament, Rob, um, Raldex Hospitality did a great job. It was a great charity. It was fun by all. Next year, you will have a spot. I promise. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, and the reason I called, and you, you, y'all touched on it earlier um, about staying in house with the offensive coordinator job at South Carolina, and um, I'm hearing rumors that Brady Kitchens has been calling the plays the last two games. Whether or not that's true or not, I have no idea. But if it is true, that's who I'd hire. Well, if it, if that's true, which I don't believe it, I mean, I'm sure he's had input. But if that's true. Yeah, you give the guy a three-year no contract at a million, and you say, Freddie, you're in the kitchen. It's all yours. <laughs> nice. You like that? In the I kitchen? Like, I, I do like that. Yeah, That's also a phrase, and thank you very much. That's in pickleball. You know, you ever play pickleball? Pat, you ever play pickleball? Yeah. In the kitchen, that's that part of the court right around the net area that you can't step in. Do you know the rules of pickleball? <laughs> you You know pickleball. I've but played you, you pickleball. Want to, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk about the United States men's <laughs> national soccer team and the World Cup or women's basketball with the number one team in the country. But you want to talk about I, pickleball. I know pickleball. <laughs> it's right up his alley, though. It's a combination of tennis, badminton, and uh, ping pong. And lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and lazy. By the way, uh, Leah Boston is on the court, going through warm-ups, no boot, dressed to play, game-time decision. So, there That's you right. go. We go to, um, oh, do we have any funeral music we can play? Uh, Tiger Brian in Lancaster. This could be a little sad. Tiger Brian, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. Man, I'm sitting up here looking at this beautiful Lake Greenwood. Mm-hmm. I know. Cover the pain. Yeah. I know. Cover the no, pain. It's, it's not no pain. You know what? People say this, you know, I've had both, I, I, you know what, I'm going to say this, all my Gamecock friends and family has been very gracious, because <laughs> you know what they told me? Listen, they said we gave them the game. <laughs> really? I mean, but, you know, I, I, I'll take seven out of eight years beating the Gamecock any time of the day, mm. you know me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, everybody's. But DJ ain't no quarterback for us. And like you said, we've been spoiled with uh, Deshaun Watson. We've been spoiled with Lawrence. Like you said, there's they 
like you you called it you called it nail on the head a while ago. Doop. You know, I mean, uh, and you hey, you was at Easley today. You should have come on by. I was cooking filet mignons for supper tonight. Where it? Where you at? Know, at Lake Greenwood State Park, right there on the water. Where I'm catching catfish. I'm up here camping. You know. Oh, you're still on vacation. Yeah, I, I left Sunday after the game, and I'll be here till Friday. You know, oh, man. But, yeah, but uh, but you know what I got to say? Uh, if uh, South Carolina needs offense coordinator, I think we got one. Brad and Streeter. Hey, <laughs> hey, baby, they they get in for cheap. <laughs> but, now, but, yeah. now you're you're that's one of your own. That's one of your your homegrown. Hey, hey, if you can't tote the uh, if you can't tote the pail. Yeah, hey, you got can't tote the mail, bro. Oh my! You know, but hey, hey, other than that, other than that, you know, I, 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 I thought it was a real good game. We had fun with at the end. But, like, t- BT would have went down there. Yeah, if we well, went down there. It, it, BT, it, if if a frog didn't have, I know. You know and I, we got to go to the break. You keep catching fish, and we'll be back. couple of quick things and then back to your phone calls here on sports talk triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the phone number and the all acc team announced a little well i guess it was announced this afternoon of course they had to do it to fit the schedule of the uh, acc network but nobody watches uh four clemson players collected a total of six first team selections jordan mcfadden Offensive tackle, defensive end Miles Murphy, defensive tackle Tyler Davis, and Will Shipley, who first team running back, all purpose and specialist positions. First player in conference history to earn first team at three positions. And Clemson plays three players each on the second and third teams. Second team nods defensive end KJ Henry, defensive tackles Brian Bressy, and place kicker. B.J. Potter. That should be defensive tackle singular. Place kicker B.J. Potter. And then tight end Davis Allen. Center Will Putnam and linebacker Trenton Simpson. They were named to the third team. Jeremiah Trotter didn't make one of those teams? If I didn't say his name, he didn't make it. Yeah. If I didn't say it, he didn't make it. Now, they'll be announcing the individual awards like player of the year, coach of the year, and all that. They'll do that tomorrow. And they announced the finalists for the Ray Guy Award today, and Kai Kroger of South wow. Carolina <laughs> did not make the final three. That's an absolute disgrace that he's not a, a Ray Guy finalist. What else do you have to do? Led the SEC second in the NCAA in punting yardage. Plus, he's got to be the best punter of best passing punter in the country. I mean, how do you leave him off? He, he single-handedly may have won the game for South Carolina by pinning the, the uh, Tigers deep in their territory time and time and time again, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. It's um, hard, to, hard to figure. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers of the three guys who made it, but, um, you know, maybe they were extra special as well. I don't know how they could be any more special <laughs> than agree. Kai Kroger, you know. Uh, we've got the new ranking coming out tonight, college football playoff committee ranking. I imagine – Top four, well, no, take that back. What am I thinking? Ohio State will drop out. Southern Cal will probably move up. So you'll have Georgia, in some order or another, you'll have Georgia, Michigan, Southern Cal, TCU, 
in there, and then we'll see who's sitting there at six and seven, uh, waiting for something to happen. What if, you know what? I I'm kind of hoping, kind of hoping Alabama's sitting there five, six, seven, somewhere in there, and they're just they're just waiting. Yeah, and then they're just waiting for TCU to lose, or maybe Southern Cal to lose in their league championship game, so they can um, grab up Alabama, which would make the playoff an extremely that would be the biggest insult of all time. <laughs> a two-loss team that didn't win their division mm-hmm. getting into the playoffs. Brings up an interesting point, doesn't it? Because uh, let's assume for a moment the four that you mentioned are the top four, and they all win this coming weekend. So, so those are the four that go into the playoffs. Do you want Georgia, TCU, and Southern Cal, Michigan in your semis? Or And so Michigan, Southern Cal against Georgia is your final, or do you want Georgia, Southern California as your semi? Yeah. Michigan, TCU, a game that no one will watch because I'm not sure anybody's all that excited about those two. But you might get Michigan and, and Georgia or either Southern California in your final. Well, How, how do they, first how do of they all, maneuver things to set that I, up? Because I would, so let's face it, we know that's the case. I'll disagree with you a little bit. I mean, you know, Southern Cal, if they make it, it's going to bring a huge TV. I would think bring a huge TV audience with the West Coast and LA and all that. And plus, it's a national name. It's a national brand. They got fans all over the country. But that brings in LA and the West Coast. Uh, Michigan's going to bring in the Midwest and all that, all the television, all the eyes of the Midwest with their so strong does, following and another national brand. So does SC leapfrog TCU to get to third to back up what you just said? so that they face Michigan in the semis. So you've got this well, gigantic national brand versus national well, I brand think in the semis. part of the appeal of that would be an old Rose Bowl, even okay. though it's not in yeah, the Rose Bowl. Exactly. It would be like an old mm-hmm. Rose Bowl matchup, yep. which I think they'd have a great deal of fun with. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you you might see a, if it stays like it is, and the committee is thinking about not who are the four best teams, one through four, but – from a television standpoint, mm-hmm. what's going to be the best matchup, you know, once they let ESPN stick their nose in there? Of course, what am that's I saying? I think, ESPN owns it. <laughs> that's I'm why sorry. I think you'll see They'll SC be sticking their three. nose in yeah. ESPN's business. I'm that's looking at this totally ass backwards. Yeah, it's, that's why they're sticking their SC nose tonight. in ESPN's business. SC will be number three tonight, I think, because of that. Because if they all win next weekend or this weekend in their championship games, how can you maneuver them at that point in time? Yeah, you've got to maneuver. You've got to move them now. That's an excellent point. Back to your phone calls: triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. It's Hank in Columbia with us next. Hank, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing fine, Corn. I'm I'm calling in. Uh, hopefully, uh, y'all gonna, are y'all, y'all going to have uh, Ellis and uh, Chuck on this week? Tomorrow night, six thirty-five. Yes, sir. I'm really interested in hearing them because um, I keep on hearing these folks say, "Well, all Clemson needed to do when it was run it in the second half." But if you, if I, I don't buy into it, being at the game, if you look at their big runs, the big runs came in that first quarter, and and maybe the first minute or two of the second quarter. And then after then, they were still running it. They just weren't breaking off those long runs. And so when they got into the second half, I think they wanted to run, but they kept on getting behind the chains. They they called a run, they called a run and play, or these sweeps, the young lady and whoever, and then they would get stopped in the backfield, and then they were staring at second and nine, or they'd have a penalty they were staring at second and thirteen. So at some point they're going to have to complete passes, and that's been a weakness 
you know, it's easy when you're playing from in front to complete complete those passes. And mm-hmm. it's easy when, if you remember when they beat, Carol, beat us uh, 45 to nothing, 35 to nothing last year, when they got in the second half, they kept on giving it to, to Shipley and running it on out because uh, we weren't putting anything on the board to chase them. I think they got scared because if you look at after the, the pick six and the safety, they they had to work their way down the field. Whereas just a follow-up to the Tennessee game, a lot of times Carolina was hitting haymakers. I mean, as soon as they went up 30 to 21, they were going to celebrate, and it wasn't two plays later. They hit Juice Wells for that 72-yarder. But even when Carolina was hitting plays on drives that took more than a, than a play, they were always hitting big haymakers, and I think – I think they was. I think they became scared that they were going to have to score, and that's been a problem. Hmm. I, it, it, I do I don't think, think they could just hand it to them and just run, run, run because they could because Carolina started stuffing them on the run. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they made adjustments on defense. Uiyangale broke off that run on the first play of the game. Remember that? And I thought to yeah. myself, "Here you go." And of course, Clemson got out to the fourteen nothing lead, but I thought. As the game went on, Clayton White and his defensive staff, they made some adjustments to prevent that from happening, trying to keep him, I think, you know, contained within the the hash marks there and get their hands on him. They got a lot of hands on him. They hit him a good bit in that second half, and I think that was important. I think they kind of took the running threat of the quarterback kind of away from Clemson in the second half and made him more of a thrower, which was, I think, their goal all along. You know, you talk about first down plays. I'm just looking here. Tigers had 26 snaps on first down, and 17 of those were runs for 85 yards, and eight of those were passes. for They completed two. Two of eight passing on first down for 13 yards. Yeah, and if you think about it, a number that just kind of like when you said something the other night about Bo Collins, that long pass play that Bo Collins hit, and if you took that away, you looked at it the rest of the passing game and it wasn't going well. They hit a lot of their big runs early. I think in the second half, Shipley had one that was from 11 or 12 yards out where he broke through and got in the end zone. But other than that, a lot of their big runs, their big long runs, those happened in the first half. And I think in the second, in the second half, when they would only get, if they only got two or three on the run, um, or either they got they ran laterally and got stopped behind the line, then they were forced into passing. And then I think they just, I think it, it was nothing about they could just hand it, hand it to somebody and just run the whole second half because Carolina put those corners out there on the island, mm-hmm. and they and they stacked that box. Well, here are two other, and you're right. Here are two other very interesting stats. And thank you for the phone call, Hank. I know you're going in there to cheer for the uh, the USC women. I'll be there in the second half if you want to buy me a Coke. Um, percentage of plays, the, what's called the field position rate. The percentage of plays, this is interesting, Chris and Pat, or I wouldn't bring it up. Percentage of plays run from the opponent's side of the field. Mm-hmm. Okay? What was your? What would be your guess on South Carolina's percentage and Clemson's percentage? Well, first off, here's a Kai Kroger stat that should have also gotten him into the Ray Guy finalist award. My guess is in the second half in particular, Clemson ran pretty much the majority of its plays starting in on their own end of the field. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not going to answer my question. My question was oh, – I'll go ahead and answer it myself. Uh, Clemson ran 18% of their plays on USC's side of the field. Yeah. 
That's not very so many. 72% on their side, yep. USC ran 41% of their plays on Clemson's side of the field. And then, here's a very telling stat, and it goes back to what Hank was saying. The percentage of runs that were stopped for no gain or a loss. The number of runs stopped for no gain or a loss. So, South Carolina... Um, let's see, run stuff, rushes it. Oh, you know what? Forget that. I got it backwards. I thought that was a defensive stat. It's an offensive stat. South Carolina had 11 runs that were stuffed yeah. for no gains. Clemson had two. Yeah. So that doesn't fit the narrative there. So forget, well, and, forget and, that. And I'm not trying to dispute what uh, <laughs> You know what? what? I should said. never get into analytics. It's way over <laughs> my head. I'm not trying to dispute what Hank said, but I will. And this is not a knock on South Carolina's defense because I thought in the second half they were terrific. But here's Clemson's drives in the fourth quarter. They ran it on their first drive after the field goal for three yards, back-to-back incompleted passes, punt. They got it back. They run Will Shipley for seven yards. They get the face mask penalty, which is 15. They move it out to the 24. Uyangale misses badly and throws it right to Marcus Dial over his shoulder at midfield. They get it back. They run it for two. Then uh, short pass, incompletion, incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. So, so don't tell me they they tried to, they couldn't run it. They didn't try to run it, especially in the fourth quarter. Now again, some of that you would think was field position. So if you're backed up, why not try and run it off your goal line? So, but again, uh, props to South Carolina because they won that football game. And I'm not trying to take anything away from what USC did, but Clemson didn't help them out or help them out a good bit, I thought, by putting way too much of the weight on that ball game on their quarterback when it was unnecessary. All right, back to the phones, 888-898-2525. We go to Ronnie in West Columbia. Hello, Ronnie. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I was <clears throat> I wanted to call in and address something that you kind of opened up with and alluded to, sort of the overall viability of the Clemson program and kind of the global, you know, approach to whether or not they're going to stay an elite program, if I may. Sure. I think this is my opinion, of course. I'm a Clemson graduate, as you know. I don't call in all that often, but you all remember me, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Sweeney has won two national titles, so it's kind of presumptuous of me to question the man regardless, and I I understand that. But just as an observer on the outside looking in, I think his stubbornness is getting in his way at this point. And Sweeney, for example, he got T. Higgins and he got Mike Williams. These guys were amazing receivers. They could jump up six foot four, you know, uh, jump up in the air with those long arms, snag any ball that they wanted to. It didn't matter who was throwing it. Me and you could have been out there throwing the ball, and, and they would have caught it. You know, if we'd have gotten it in the same zip code, those guys, kind of like Lawrence and Watson, are generational quarterbacks. Those guys are kind of generational receivers, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he has gotten into this stubborn mold of only recruiting those kinds of receivers: Bo Collins, Justin Ross, E.J. Williams, Joseph Ngata, all six foot three plus, rangy giraffe-like guys that have no speed. And they're not going to do any good for you if they don't have amazing, amazing ball skills, hands. And these guys just haven't panned out in that regard. Antonio Williams was his second choice. I'm sure you remember that, being a recruiting guy you are. They didn't, they, he was a second choice after somebody else backed out, who was a six foot four, rangy hands guy. Antonio Williams has what all those other guys don't have in that speed. 
Sweeney will not go out and recruit speed at wide receiver. Antonio Williams can run away from people. And if we had a quarterback that could get the ball to his receiver accurately and consistently, Antonio Williams would have more than 1,000 yards this year. The other point I'd make is that he, other than quarterback, every position on the field is done by committee. Sweeney talks about how he doesn't want to wear people out on a long season. Well, these guys are going to the NFL where there's, what, 60 people on the entire roster, and they play twice as many games. These guys are going to have to be on the field for 60 minutes, and they better learn how to do it now. And this idea of rotating eight guys at defensive tackle and defensive end, three guys plus at running back when you've got one guy that is a star. I like Phil Maffa, but Shipley is the man. He touched the ball 15 times at running back in that game against Carolina. And if he had touched the ball 30 times, he'd have had 250 yards and we probably would have won the ball game, just like y'all alluded to. But Sweeney will not do it. He will not name starters. Everybody on his depth chart is a, you know, each position is a this guy or this guy. You know, backup is this guy or this guy or this guy. He will not name one, two, three. He will not name starters. He stubbornly does this. And you can't get into a flow in a game. A team cannot become a cohesive unit when you've got guys coming in and out, in and out, in and out. I understand you've got to put people in when they need a breather. But if somebody's doing well in a ball game, even the announcers on ESPN and on the networks are starting to say, where is Shipley? Why is he not on that field? These things are stubborn to me that I think he needs to sit down and, and, and kind of come to terms with himself and, and maybe move, move off of these ideas and these philosophies. That's, what, that's my comments for tonight. Excellent points. That. Thank you very much. We appreciate your phone call. Excellent points. We've got to hit the break, and we'll come back and take more calls and talk more about uh, what he just had to say. Made some, some very good points. I mean, I believe in believing in what you believe and standing by what you believe. I think that's very, very important in doing anything that you do. But you also got to be smart and roll with the times, too, right? And... Uh, if Dabo can keep Clemson winning at a high level, how he's doing it, high level meaning for them, playoffs, then he'll be smarter than the rest of us. Be back in a moment. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. 
We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Hope, life, and the great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Ronnie made some great points, well thought out. From a Clemson fan standpoint, passionate, concerned, thinking about things up there. I can't argue with anything that that he had to say. So, and we, not over the top. I mean, no, the no, very. He brought up were yeah, valid. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, uh, do you know the Clemson basketball team is playing tonight? Yes, sir. <laughs> ACC Big Ten Challenge. You know, which is going away. Right? It is. Aren't they cham- transitioning over to the SEC? SEC, SEC. You know what? Not to pick up the Big 12. Uh, yeah. Challenge. But what they should do now is just make South Carolina Clemson a permanent game in that That'd challenge, and then you'll have it at a good time on national television. Just make them the permanent. Make that the. I wonder if they're going to do that with the, with the rivals between. You've got natural rivals between the two leagues. Yeah. You could do the South Carolina Clemson, yeah. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State. Louisville, Kentucky, which would be Louisville, Kentucky. Normally. That's four right Louisville's there. Louisville's so bad. And just bad. have it on one night and call it rivalry night. You I see like ESPN, you hear I me? I like it, Phil. Do you hear me? I am the ambassador of, of ideas. Of course not. They don't listen to you. No, they don't. You generate zero money for them, and that's all ESPN's about is revenue. Well, nothing wrong with that. That's no, kind of what I'm agree. about, too. <laughs> now, I used to be about spending it. Now I'm about trying to make it and save it. But the difference between us here at Sports Talk and ESPN, we don't necessarily generate stuff and set up stuff just to generate right. revenue. No, and, and, and we don't make, you know, $5 billion a year either well, that too. from our various sources. <laughs> uh, we continue, but we do have expensive people on our payroll, like Pat, for example. Uh, we go to penny. Yes, he is. Don't let him know that, though. He'll ask for Oops, more. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin in Easley. Welcome in, Kevin. How are you? Good. Uh, I wanted to go back to something. Uh, I think it was Tiger Phil said. I've been hearing it on Upstate Radio the past. And it's Tiger Brian. It's, ti- it's Tiger Brian. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger, yeah, Tiger Brian. Yeah, sorry. And it's been it's been steady on Upstate Radio the past two days. The Clemson gave the game away. Um, I just kind of want to go through that real quick. Okay. You had Darius Rush drop what should have been a pick six early. Um, you had it. If Juju McDowell is an inch taller, he scores a touchdown that they never got on the board. Um, you had a backwards pass that should have been a scoop and score for Carolina. True. Everybody in the world knew that was a backwards pass. And then if you go back and look, Clemson's last touchdown was an illegal formation. There's a reason Dabo was trying to run down the sideline and get a timeout before the play, but the refs missed it. The, the Shipley run from like the 10 or 12. Yeah, what was the formation? I think it should 
They had oh, five, uh, the five guys in the backfield. There's only yeah. one receiver on the line of scrimmage. No. You caught that, Chris? I did not, but I have seen much like our, our callers pointing out. I've, I've actually seen that pointed out on, on replay. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just think it, it – honestly, I think Carolina should have won by 14, 10 to 14 points. And that's pretty impressive considering they were in a 14-point hole. I mean, well, they were the more physical team, and they had no answer for juice. None. Yeah, and also, I mean, just to throw this in there too, not that you can't, you can't take it away because it happened, but, you know, Clemson did get nine points off of uh, their pick six and the safety, yeah. the South yeah. Carolina. Not You can't take those away because those, those were plays that did happen, that Clemson caused no, those I, plays, you know. But I hear yeah, what you're saying about those other I, plays, and I think you're, you're exactly right. You know, South Carolina makes those plays, then they might win this thing, you know, kind of going away versus – having to sweat it out there to the very end. Yeah, which is because for the past seven years, Carolina has not been the physical team, and they, they definitely were Saturday. Yes, they were. They held their own against Clemson, that's for sure. Unlike previous years where they kind of withered away, they stuck in there with them. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate the phone call, and I don't want to start one and have to squeeze it. Pat, you have something to say there uh, about anything? I saw you kind of shaking your head or just got some indigestion or <laughs> – no, I think I was. I think I was reading something. Something. Else. <laughs> I mean, if you had something to say, I mean, you got thirty seconds. We're in a tight space, corn. If I had indigestion, you'd know about it, buddy. <laughs> All right. That would be great for that uh, Pepto Bismol commercial too. Yes. About upset stomach and uh, you know what else? In, in so, tight yeah, quarters. Great. Yes. Okay, we'll continue with phone calls in hour number two. If you haven't gotten through, at least on the air, hang on. We'll get to you. One line's open if you want to grab it. Uh, Recruiting news coming up. Comments from Dabo Sweeney from today. Looking back at South Carolina some more. Looking ahead to North Carolina. All that's coming up. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, underway up at Little John Coliseum, ACC Big Ten Challenge. And P.J. Hall's in the starting lineup for the first time this season for the Tigers. They trail 8-3 to to the Nittany Lions, 16-39 to play in the opening half. Penn State's got a pretty good club. Yes. They have got uh, a guy named Cameron Winter, a guard, and he's two for two from three. He's got six points to lead them in scoring at this point. And Clemson is being led so far by uh, Galloway, who's one for one from three. It's early. Eight to three. Penn State over Clemson. USC women and UCLA, 2-2. A couple of minutes into the first quarter, Boston did start, and um, uh, Kiara Fletcher has the the Gamecocks uh, bucket at this point. Which, if you're watching on television, just came through. That's amazing how fast you guys are in front of the actual TV broadcast. Yeah, the stream. Are you on a stream? Are you watching a stream? I'm, I'm watching straight off cable. Oh. The, the live stats are that far ahead of yeah. the SEC network. Yeah. And, and, by the way, give you a point of comparison if you're looking for something to figure out how good Penn State men's basketball is. 
they beat Colorado State by 12. Mm. That's the same Colorado State team that humiliated South Carolina, who beat Clemson. So, you know, by transient properties, you know, there you go. (laughs) Penn State's – here's a John Rothstein stat. Penn State's top five scorers are all shooting 40% or better from three-point range. Two grad transfers, Andrew Funk – I love that. (laughs) And Cam Winter are averaging combined 20 points per game, making 29 three-point shots in seven games. Andrew Funk. Are you on a Funk? He's got to lead the nation with that kind of shooting. That's incredible. Yeah, possibly so. Okay, shall we get back to the phones? 888-898-2525. Some Dabo Sweeney coming up in a little bit. We uh, head to, let's see. I think we need to update our our list there, Pat, because I think Kevin Easley was our last call, right? That's the last thing I see on the sheet here. So if you want to go ahead and introduce the call, we'll be happy to do it that way. Yeah, so first up, we've got making a repeat appearance tonight. Sure, he's got more to crow about. Gamecock Larry from over in Swansea. Gee, what a surprise. Gamecock Larry. Boy, Mr. Phil, you don't know why, your Lord, hell, all you Clemson fans, all of you blaming your coach, blaming this drop. That's right. That's right. Far be it for a Gamecock fan to ever blame a coach after a loss, but go ahead. Boy, I'm telling you. Poor old Sweeney sound like Sweeney like this. Well, I ain't going to call her name because she's gone. But you know what I'm talking about, boy. You're talking about we gave them the game. We should have beat them. Should have, could have, would have, but you didn't do it. We should have beat them Clemson Tigers by, I say, 24 points. We could have beat them by 24 points. How about ship that got so many yards in the first quarter? Shipley was getting pinned down in the second quarter when he did run, so don't say that. Mm. But I'm telling you, 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 oh, just listen to all of them cry, cry. Even got some of the players they say was pushing each other on the sideline. Oh, boy, old game cost got under that tiger stand. And old game cock Larry is enjoying it. I did not even listen to my radio with the ladies playing tonight because I wanted to listen to you. Clifton fans just crying, crying, crying. You and made a I'm wise a- choice in entertainment tonight, let me tell you. Wow, what's wrong? Okay, no, no, anyway. you made a wise choice in picking this show over everything else. You made a wise choice. Okay, Mr. Phil, another thing. Now, you got no more kind of upset. Uh, uh, I've been saying this ever since Tennessee beat Alabama. Tennessee didn't beat Alabama. Alabama didn't lose the game. Then people in the striped shirt gave that game to Tennessee. There was no way in the world. That was pass interference on that interception, mm. and you know it. Everybody else know it, but they just got just like them Clemson players. They got to give Tennessee. You know they gave it to them, but I, I'm gonna let you go. But oh, 
Lord, I'm having fun listening to that guy from up there cooking out at Green Greenwood Lake or Greenville Lake. Lake Greenwood. Cooking. Lake Greenwood. Lake. Yeah, that's Tiger Bryan. Cooking. Tiger Bryan. Up there cooking. Up there cooking out, boy, I tell you what, you would like to have a Gamecock on that grill or so that fish, wouldn't you? But you ain't got one. No Gamecocks. <laughs> I got, I got, uh, y'all, y'all, I got, I got, a, I don't forgot the days I got, but y'all, y'all, y'all beat us seven. you forgot. Y'all beat us, y'all beat us seven, seven games in a row. Well, we beat y'all five games in a row. So that means we got one down, and we got one more to go, and then we're going to go on an eight-game winning streak and hope to go. Old Gamecock Larry Potter won't be here, but he'll sure be laughing all the way. He'll be laughing, laughing, laughing as long as he's on this earth. You're not, I will you're be. not going anywhere. You keep drinking that Geritol and whatever you're chasing <laughs> it with, you're going to be here a long time, my friend. Thank you for the call. Selection committee rankings are out. NC State 25, Mississippi State 24, North Carolina 23, UCF 22, Notre Dame 21, Texas 20. Oh! Oh, look at who's at number 19. Yeah. Larry's Gamecocks. Larry, you're listening. Gamecocks are 19 in the ranking. Then Tulane at 18, UCLA 17, Oregon 16, Oregon State 15, LSU way down at 14. Then Florida State 13, Washington 12, Utah 11, Kansas State 10. Clemson is now number nine. Number eight is Penn State. Number seven is Tennessee. Number six is Alabama. And now I'm waiting for five. Well, I guess they're going to do the top four and then five. Have we have we got those? Five is Ohio State. Oh, there I was wrong. Ohio State is five. Alabama is six. So Ohio State wasn't punished. I mean, I would have thought they'd have been dropped. They got beat pretty badly at home, didn't they? Well, neither was Clemson, quite frankly. I, I think that's some respect for USC from the standpoint that Clemson only fell one spot after losing at home to an unranked team. Ohio State is yeah. Ohio State is five. Southern Cal is now four. Southern Cal's four. Ohio State's five. So I mean, they've left it. They've left it where somebody loses in the top four this weekend. Ohio State gets the pro gets the promo, gets the yep. promotion, right? In all likelihood, there's no reason to move Alabama above them with two losses and not playing anybody. Ohio State's not playing anybody this weekend. Yeah, that's um, why you had to get to fifth if you're not playing this weekend. If yeah. you're Alabama, yeah, or, yeah. So that's the one. That'll be the one they're looking at. So Southern Cal four. I imagine TCU will be three, Michigan two, and, and Georgia one. Is that how it's come out? Has, That's they, correct, yep. They have released that? Yep. Okay. All right, we'll continue with the calls. Let me update the basketball. USC women up on the UCLan women, 9-8. to eight. And uh, let's see. We got uh, – who's everybody's got uh, – uh, Cook's got three to lead the Gamecocks. Uh, Clemson back in it with Penn State, 14-11. to 11. Eight minutes in, and uh, Galloway's got five. Hemingway has got six for the Tigers. College of Charleston has jumped out all over Old Dominion, uh, playing down there in Charleston, twelve nothing. Cougars open up that game. Uh, Furman. Uh, Kelsey's got a really good basketball team. Yeah, and Furman has an early lead on Appalachian State 
It is 26 to 14. 26 to 14. Furman leading uh, Happy Appy with 242 to go in the first half. (laughs) And by the way, you were chatting about Penn State and all the uh, uh, 40% three point shooters they have. As a matter of fact, they're ninth nationally as a team in that category, shooting over 40% as a squad. Okay. We go. That's exceptionally good. That is good. All right. Let's go to uh, Jimmy in Simpsonville. Jimmy, welcome to Sports Talk. How are you? You're my birthday. This is your birthday? Yeah, 62 years young. Well, happy birthday. And I, and I got Welcome an early, to the club. Uh, I got an early birthday present by the Gamecocks beating those Tigers. Could you have asked, as a Gamecock fan, could you have asked for any better present? No, no. That's the best present I could ever receive on my birthday. So the reason I called... As I heard you say, that Dabo said the loss to South Carolina is unacceptable. What I find unacceptable, and if I was a Tigers fan, was letting a second-year coach in Shane Beamer out-coach the great Dabo Sweeney because he did that. He had more, uh, okay, I don't know if I can say this, uh, more balls than uh, Dabo did by making those two big play calls on that fourth and one on their own 34 making that great pass uh, to uh, Juju Schuster. And then uh, that fourth and uh, goal uh, where we threw the touchdown to Juice Wells in the back of the end zone. Uh, then um, Nate Atkins made a spectacular one-hand catch that I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And Nate turned around and exceeded that catch by knocking out the ball on that uh, punt return to sense the game for the Gamecocks. All of the above is true. Are you a Are you a Steelers fan? No, oh. no. Because you Carolina said Juju. Fans. You said Juju Schuster. <laughs> yeah, I was trying okay, to figure sorry. out who that was. You mean Juju McDowell? Doesn't Juju Schuster play for the Steelers or used to? I yeah, know it's he's a, with the Chiefs now. Oh, okay, I can't keep up. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, we understand. I got we got you. We got you. No, you're you're all good, and all your points are are right on. Yes, sir, right on. Yeah, it's like, and our guys just outperformed and executed the Clemson Tigers. And maybe that's what he thinks is unacceptable because they're supposed to be a better team. But you know what? The Gamecocks, it's just like Shane Beamer said, the last two games of the season were like our college football playoff. I have been watching Gamecocks football. I've been watching football for over 50 years. I have never seen anything like that 63-38 to shellacking that we gave to Tennessee. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, Do you think the Gamecocks have arrived? Uh, Yes. I mean, they were inconsistent this year. I don't know what happened in the Missouri and the Florida game. It's like they had our playbook. Also, the Georgia game, we just couldn't uh, do anything on offense. So I don't know what happened in those games. But other than that, we beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M. We beat Kentucky. We've never beat Texas A&M. Uh, Kentucky's had our number for the last seven or eight years. Uh, so yeah, it, it. I had hoped we were being nine, going to be nine and three, and if we had beat Missouri like we should have at home, we would have been nine and three, like I predicted uh, at the start of the season. Very good. Good call. Thank All you right. very much. We appreciate you. You take care. Call us again. 888-898-2525 is the number. Got to hit the break. We'll come back with more of your phone calls. Our poll question of the week. The biggest factor in the Gamecocks win, 40.6%. 
point to the winning field position, winning the field position. Uh, 25.9% forcing turnovers, 18.4%. It was just their time. 15.2% offensive play calling, 468 votes in. You can vote on our Twitter page at Sports Talk SC. Penn State up 15 to 11. UCLA up 12 to 9. As we hit the break, we'll come back with more calls and Dabo Sweeney around the corner as well. But back to the phones when we come back from this break. Don't go away. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. to say this i um usually going up to clemson is just drive up for the press conference uh, come up the back way around the golf course and and then go back 76 right out to the interstate and get on back but <clears throat> just to break the monotony of a of the trip i went out through campus went out to 123 but i was just telling pat man i hadn't been on that side of clemson's campus in a long time I couldn't believe what they have built. Have you been over there, Chris? I have not. It's been a long time. Oh, the business school, um, humongous and and gorgeous. The building, the architecture, that whole side of campus, Pat, I know you've seen it more than I have. And it looks like a combination of uh, academic buildings and um, 
apartments or, or condos or something, a student living, student housing. Uh, that, that used to be, you know, way back in the day, you know, you had the Clemson house over there, which is where we used to do the press conferences with Danny Ford. Now, those were fun press conferences. Those really were. We would go. Uh, it was done. The, the electronic media was done outside. And Mr. Bradley, Mr. Bob Bradley ran it. And you had three stations. You had uh, the TV group. And Danny would do a, 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 he would do question and answers with the TV guys. Then he would do the radio guys, which really? usually, yeah, he'd do radio separately, which re- usually, usually it was me and Bob Schuster and Bob Jubak was in radio back there at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mick Mixon yep. was with us. So we had a radio group. We had a TV group. Then we'd go inside and have lunch inside the, the Clemson house and sit around this big table. And the writers would sit there. And there were probably 15, 20 writers from the newspapers. And then they would ask Danny questions and do the press conference that way. So much more personable. Very cool. Yeah. Very, so much more personable than it is not even close. to Today is so industrial. Back then, it was very personable. Really liked it. But, Pat, that side of campus is just gorgeous, the things they've built over there. It is. It's hardly recognizable. for. I mean, it's been a little while since I graduated, but it every time I go up, it becomes less and less recognizable to the four years I spent up there. Uh, so many of the older student housing complexes have been torn down and either rebuilt with newer, fancier homes, which, which we see here in Columbia as well, go up and down, uh, whether through the Vista area, around the Greek Village, or even now out right around the stadium. I didn't even know there was a brand-new apartment complex on Shop Road now. I had to go to the DMV the other day and drove right by it. It's very attractive. But, yeah, Clemson, over where what used to be Clemson House, uh, they've added both student living as well as new academic centers. Um, everything is very, very fancy, and I just can't help but think I don't know if I could have afforded to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, their on-campus population has exploded, too, just like USC's. One quick funny story about our days at the Russell House. So, you know, the beautiful thing about the Danny Ford era. At the Russell House. Did I say Russell House? Russell. The Clemson House. I'm sorry. Clemson House. Yeah, the Clemson House. Uh, one of the beautiful things about the Danny Ford era, of course, all the controversies, all the NCAA investigations, all the accusations, all the fighting with other ACC coaches. And so there was a reporter from the Anderson paper named Al Muskowitz. And, of course, back then, reporters were reporters. You know, they weren't buddies with the the people they were covering they were there to do a job and they weren't afraid to ask tough questions and al was from philadelphia and uh, yeah so that tells you right there (laughs) used used to asking tough questions oh yeah and a hard-nosed sports guy and so this was this particular press conference was during the time when clemson was under investigation for something another i can't remember and he started asking danny questions about something with, uh, I think it was Georgia maybe. There were some accusations being made uh, uh, towards Danny and towards Clemson. He's asking Ford questions. Ford finally got so fed up, he said, he goes, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? Because it was Al's first year on the beat. It might have been his first press conference even. He goes, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? He goes, no. He goes, well, Danny said, we don't run my press conferences this way. When I say I don't have an answer, that's it. We're done with that question. Move on to something else. <laughs> and kind of back then, I just sort of, you know, kind of slid to the background, tried to stay out of the way of the fire, you know, out of the way of the bullets. All right, let's get back to the phone calls, 888-898-2525. Albert in Charleston, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. First yes, time caller. Hey, great to have appreciate, you. Appreciate your show. Just want to make uh, some quick comments. I'm a diehard Clemson fan. Okay. Um, I've been a Clemson fan growing up, playing little league football with Danny Ford. Just love Clemson. Um, but I really enjoyed the game on Saturday. And uh, congratulations to the Gamecocks. They deserve it. I believe that the Gamecocks had better athletes at the receiver position than Clemson did. Um, and also um, – with the quarterback, DJ, you know, we, he's taken criticism all year long. Um, but it's more than just the quarterback play. It is the receivers. They cannot get separation at all. And so my question is with Dabble, I believe also that he has to change his uh, philosophy in regards to um, going in to transfer and accepting transfer from other schools. And I know that he's a high-character guy, but I believe he can go and get high-character guys that can help your program also. So I think you have I, I think you have several different problems, but going on with the Clemson uh, football team. But they're Clemson. Um, they played well. Gamecocks played well, and it was just a good game. So that's all I want to say. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. And you know what? I want to echo that because after sitting through the seven-year reign of Clemson and really, you know, people might want to say that the the shootout at Clemson, what was it, 50-something, 30-something was a good game. Right. And, I mean, it had some exciting plays, but it wasn't a a contest. South Car- Clemson could have scored 100 that day. You know, if they really had – if they had time, they'd have scored 100. And, and South Carolina might have scored you know, 70. 60. Yeah. I mean, both offenses were just going up yeah. and down the field. Both defenses played terribly. But but South Carolina was never a threat to win that game. Sure. You know, they had awesome numbers. And Jake Bentley, you know, looked like Johnny Unitas out there throwing strikes. But uh, they weren't going to win that game. This is the first one. Obviously, South Carolina won it. But it's the first game in a, uh, you know, that's been competitive through that whole streak. And, sure. and that was good to see. To see some fourth quarter tension. A packed stadium that was still packed at the very, to the very end. I mean, fans didn't start leaving until the fumble at the very end. Otherwise, they were glued to their seats, and that was great. You know, well, the, feel like the, I mentioned regardless on of which side of the the fence you're on, you had to appreciate a good close ball game. And I loved Albert's point about that. Both teams played well. It's easy to look at all the things you did wrong. Each team turned it over. What uh, Carolina had two, and and Clemson had three. So they weren't perfect. But each team played well enough to win. I mean, we're nitpicking the situations that found out the reason why South Carolina won and Clemson lost. But from a standpoint of the rivalry itself, Carolina breathed new life back into the rivalry. They needed to win that game just for guys like Albert and everybody else in the state who enjoy seeing that game on the uh, you know the Thanksgiving Saturday after after the big holiday. It was huge for yeah. the Gamecocks. By the way, that number 19 ranking for the Gamecocks, just checking. That's their highest ranking ever in the college football playoff ranking. Be back in a moment. All right, Talking Tuesday and Dabo Sweeney coming up in a moment. Let me update a couple of things. Penn State leading Clemson 23-21, 5.55 to play opening half and Hall's got six he's played seven minutes got one rebound Hemingway's got six and Galloway's got five for the Tigers who are shooting 38 percent they're shooting five of ten from three oh for one for the line Penn State 
They've got uh, Winter with six, Pickett with six. They're shooting 45%, four of ten from three, one of three from the line. Rebounds are even at 13 each. And turnovers, Tigers five, Nittany Lions three. USC women trailing UCLA 26-19, 4.52 to go in the first half. Gamecocks a paltry 29% from the floor to 52% for UCLA. Gamecocks are one of nine from three. UCLA is two of four. And rebounding 17-15. UCLA is out-rebounding South Carolina. Gamecocks do have nine offensive boards, six second-chance points, but getting outscored in the paint 14-12. And you've got uh, Cook with five. Nobody else has more than two. I mean, several players have scored, but nobody else has more than two. And um, Boston only has two points, two rebounds in 11 minutes. And this is a UCLA team, Phil, that came in 188th nationally in terms of field goal percentage at 40%. And if you're the Gamecocks, you can't get out-rebounded. I mean, you just can't with that size. And you can't rely on way too many threes. I get it. You pack it in mm-hmm. when you play South Carolina. But Gamecocks can't continue shooting that many threes. They are 0 for their last nine. No field goals the last uh, 450, Pat. Just going to say, I hate to say it, but that makes me think Aaliyah's boss, Aaliyah Boston's ankle might not quite be as, as, uh, as good as – they're leading on if they're getting out rebounded i'm suspecting that she's spending more time away outside of the paint than she is under the basket yeah. update some she's others 11 minutes though i mean she's in the game yeah. but you're right she is I mean, similar to her away from the basket yep and clemson's faced the same uh, issue thus far on the men's side with pj hall it seems as though he's been a little more reluctant thus far understandably so to kind of battle in the paint he seems to be focusing more away from the basket so they've that's led to them being out rebounded in a majority of their games as well Update some others real quick. Uh, Furman, 35-23 over Appalachian. Charleston, 2013 over Old Dominion. NC State, 28-20 over Bill and Mary. Kentucky. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm on a first-name basis ah, with gotcha. royalty. Because I've watched The Crown on uh, Netflix. I feel like I'm close to the, to the family. Uh, Kentucky, 21-14 over Bellarmine. Uh, Winthrop <laughs> playing uh, Pat's alma mater, Tacoa Falls, thirty-eight <laughs> to no six. Yet. It's oh. thirty-eight to six. <laughs> thirty-eight to six. Presbyterian twenty-nine eighteen over VMI. Uh, Maryland leading Louisville twenty-eight to seventeen. South Carolina State leading East Carolina twenty-seven to twenty. Wow, that'd be huge. And there you go, up to date. Here is Dabo Sweeney. He went about 37 minutes. Not going to play the whole thing, obviously. But here is a good a good taste of what he had to say today, trying to get over the loss to South Carolina, getting ready for the game against North Carolina. Always great to, to walk in and have a Tuesday press conference uh, this time of year because that means we're still playing and uh, everybody else is – is on the road. Well, actually, it's a dead period now. They changed that, so everybody's at home, uh, you know, because nobody knows who they're playing or anything like that uh, from a bowl standpoint. And um, but we're still at it, and uh, so again, that that's a good thing. Obviously, disappointed with our our regular season finish, um, but I'm really proud of our team and our staff for for winning the division, the last ever uh, Atlantic division. Um, and uh, at least, who knows, maybe it'll change again 20 years from now, but at least uh, where we are today. And uh, getting back to Charlotte, 
you know, something that, uh, you know, to, to be able to get back there for the seventh time in the past eight years is it's special, you know. Uh, it's really special, you know, to have that type of cons- consistency, especially, you know, um, you know, the fact that we hadn't done it in 20 years, uh, you know, prior to 2011. So uh, proud of these guys. It's not easy to do. They've earned it. And, uh, you know, also congratulations to North Carolina and, and, and Coach Brown. I mean, They've earned it as well. You know, both teams have earned the opportunity uh, to go compete for the overall ACC title, and that's something that, that we all strive for. And, and for us, we've got two goals left. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we're not going to hit all five of our goals this year, but if we hit, if we hit four out of five, we're going to have a great year uh, for sure. So we've got opportunity there. And, again, uh, great opportunity this week against a good football team. This is, this is a team that has – uh, struggled early defensively and has gotten better uh, as the year has gone along. Uh, they they have they have really improved, uh, you know, as a unit defensively and, and uh, you know kind of figuring their personnel out. Had a lot of injuries uh, and some key players that were out. Uh, so again, some guys had to had to kind of step up and. I think they've gotten better as the year has gone on. You've got some active guys. You know, 25 is a really good edge player. Eight is very active inside. Um, you know, good linebackers. I think 33 is a guy that you really jumps out at you. Uh, both safeties, very good players. And, uh, you know, some of the best corners that we've seen. And I know they've had a couple of guys injured. Don't really know what the status there is. But uh, it's a defense, again, that, that really struggled early. But it's really improved, and then offensively, they're the best we've seen. I mean, by far, uh, they they really, really um, are are very good, uh, you know. And and they're consistent. Quarterback is a is a great, great football player. He's a you know a guy that probably was probably good, probably leading for the Heisman uh, going into the Georgia Tech game. And uh, you know, he, he that's probably his worst game. He, you know, he just missed a few plays uh, that he. He doesn't. He don't miss many, and uh, he just missed some plays in that game. He's a very good player. That's why we recruited him. Um, he's a winner. He's very accurate. Uh, he puts his guy. He puts the ball where the guys have a chance to make a play, and uh, just really uh, impressive. Uh, good backs. You know, twenty-one and twenty-eight are are, are very good players. Um, you know, took the opening snap against Georgia Tech to the house. Twenty-one did, but. You know the thing about uh, Drake is he's he's you know he's got 35 touchdowns and, and five picks, so he takes care of the ball, but he's also the leading rusher on the team. You know, so he's he's a very productive runner. Uh, they're not afraid to run him at all. He gets run a lot of yards on scrambles, but a lot of design runs too, especially quarterback draw. Um, you know, good tempo team, a lot of shifts and motions. Uh, pretty much an RPO built into everything they do. You know, from a run game standpoint. Um, do a lot of the similar things that we do from 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 the run game standpoint, um, you know, with with a lot of motions and counters and, and the zone game as well. But uh, a lot of RPO stuff, and then they got you know the best player we've seen, and that's number eleven. I mean, he is a great great football player. He he will have his name called early. Uh, he's he's special. I mean, he, he is he's a you know I don't know if was he. A junior or senior, I'm not sure what he is. Uh, uh, what is he? He's a uh, he's a junior, so he's he really 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 good. Uh, if he can catch everything. He's you can, he's quick as a cat. Um, he's got great football savvy, and uh, you know they they get him the ball. You know every which way they'll use him in a lot of different ways. So 
better know where he is, and it's not just him. You know, three's a very good player. Five's a very good player. They're tight ends. They got three tight ends that they kind of roll in there. Uh, so, you know, do a good job with the run game. Again, the RPOs and screens off of it, but a lot of shots downfield off the run game. And, uh, you know, so uh, really, really good group uh, across the board and, and uh, you know, the way a championship game ought to be. Uh, so it's going to be a great, great week. Uh, looks like it's going to be a good night up in Charlotte Saturday night. And uh, excited about getting back on the field this week with these guys and seeing if we can uh, get back on track this week and, and uh, bring that trophy home. Yeah, well, if you know everybody's disappointed <coughs> Saturday, but is every, have you seen what you wanted out of your guys these couple of days returning to work. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I didn't. We, they're off on Sunday, so saw a few of them that were over here. And uh, but uh, you know, yesterday was a tough day. First day, kind of getting back with them, and and you know, it's just part of it. Mental Monday, right? You gotta, you know, uh, you gotta reset, and you gotta you gotta own it, and learn from it, and and uh, get everybody on the same page, and then you you go back to work. That's what you do. So. Uh, whether you come off a big win or a really disappointing loss. And, you know, tough day. On top, and it's always tough when you lose, but, you know, it's it's not acceptable for us. It's never going to be acceptable for us to lose that game. You know, that's you got to deal with it, but it's not acceptable. And uh, so, you know, we we you got to – it's been nine years since we've had a, a meeting like that after that game. Uh, so nobody in this room had, has ever lost that game. Uh, so it's a tough day, but – Everybody responded the way you needed to and go back to work and you know went back and had a good practice last night and and uh you know on to the next one and you know you better refocus quick because uh, you turn on the tape and you get start getting ready for the next opponent and this is a this is a really good team this is a really good team and again they've it's two best teams in the league they've earned the, we both earned the opportunity to be in this game and there'll be one champion on saturday night and and you know that's again this is this is uh you know, every time you play this time of year, they're handing out a trophy, right? So, you know, we we gotta we gotta we gotta pick ourselves up and get back to work. Yeah, but the lack of passing game execution you alluded to. What are the little things you would like to see cleaned up to maybe get that improvement? Well, uh, catch the ball. That's number one. Uh, you know, uh, we missed a couple throws. You know, a big one to Antonio, wide open, and we just we miss it. Um, then you make the perfect throw, and we drop it. And those are plays we, that we made. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had the one protection. So you just got to put it together. I mean, you know, I mean, huge. If you if you know what you're looking at, I mean, we got to play to Brenny that's probably going to go 40 to 50 yards, maybe score if he breaks one tackle. And he's getting ready to throw the ball on time and. You know, Blake kind of opened up, turned the corner, and a guy hits him, and we we don't cut the back the linebacker properly, and next thing you know, he's hit, and it's, it's a play that never happens, right? Uh, so, just we've got to we've got to capitalize, and uh, we don't have enough we don't have that type of room for error right now, and so we got to capitalize on the on just the layups, the plays that are there. You know, we got to do anything spectacular, just got to we got to make the plays that are there, and uh, I mean. We dropped two slants or first downs that are, that are critical, you know. And again, then we missed a couple of plays, but we had what five drops in the game. Uh, so, you know, you look up and you go, "Well, okay, that's that's where you are." Um, so again, you know, we had a lot of a lot of indicators for winning in that game. We hit just about every indicator that usually says we win. 
but we didn't win. So it's one of those outliers. And so it's pretty easy to evaluate why we didn't win. You know, turnovers, missed plays, uh, big plays, uh, poor red zone defense. Um, that's it's really simple. This is Anna. Um, it seems like Drake May is often most dangerous when he's throwing on the run. How do you limit that from happening? And then if it does happen, what is critical for the linebackers and secondary so that you know something doesn't hit downfield? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be multiple with him. First of all, you got to change your pitches up. But I think the biggest thing is you got to be very disciplined with your rush lanes. You know, you, if you just, I mean, he's just very savvy in the pocket, and and he he'll step up, he'll slide, he'll spin out. Uh, you've seen him do all those things on tape. Uh, he he is very a very good thrower on the run. He's he's you know he made some throws, going to his left, turning back, throwing across. Same thing to the right. Uh, you know he's a he's a he's a very creative player and he's a very confident and poised player. He's just very poised, so you got to try to keep him in the pocket the best you can. Um, and so the number one thing you got to do is you got to win your matchup up front, and, but you got to have good rush lane inte- integrity. And then you know you you've got to be able to if he if he especially if you're playing some man coverage because he recognizes those things and he will he will find a, a lane on. I mean he's their leading rusher. So he'll find a lane on you in a heartbeat and make you pay. So, and when you're playing zone, you know you've got to really do a good job with your eyes um, and, and getting and getting to him if he does break contain somehow. So, easier said than done. Uh, that's why he's a great player. All right, Dabo Sweeney talking about uh, Drake May, who will be facing North Carolina on Saturday night in Charlotte. We got recruiting coming up after the break. Squeeze in a couple of more calls, maybe. Do our best. Penn State leading Clemson late in the half, 35-29. And second quarter, 2-32 to play. UCLA leading South Carolina women, 31-21. We've got uh, also some more scores that we can update for you. We'll do that when we come back from the break. We'll tell you that Furman continues to lead Appalachian, 46-38. Charleston over ODU, 27-25. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job, jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local licensed vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. 
Recruiting tonight, always brought to you by Seawells here on Sports Talk. Hope you're getting by for the daily luncheon buffet. They'll be at it again tomorrow, 11 to 2. I might hit it up tomorrow or Thursday, one of these days this week. Going to get over there to chow down on some delicious Seawells food for a very reasonable price. And the next time I have a big event, like my next wedding, which will be next life, uh, I'll have Seawells do the catering. You should do the same, Chris, next time you have something big. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe Finn's 10th birthday, you should have a big party. <laughs> and have Seawell do, uh, do the catering. They are the best in the business. 1125 Rosewood Drive, or they'll come to your venue and help you put it all together. 803-771-7385 is the number. So checked in. On USC 2024 quarterback commitment, Dante Reno, last night after Marcus Satterfield's departure to Nebraska. He said everything is cool with him. He's still firmly committed to South Carolina. No wavering. He committed to Shane Beamer and to the university, and that's where he wants to go. He did say it was a little crazy. He got a lot of texts from reporters and the like, and he said that – he understands why why Satterfield is moving on because he's very close to Matt Rule and going to run his offense out there. He said that nothing changes. I'm still their guy, 24 or 23 class, whatever they want to do. And he said that Beamer's going to hire a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator within the next couple of weeks after the bowl game. He says, I'm not too sure who it's, who's going to call plays in the bowl game. He didn't tell him that. He just said it would be like a collectively offensive game plan. He said, nothing changes for me. I'm still locked in with them. I was committed to play for Coach Beamer. Obviously, Satterfield recruited me. We had a really good relationship. But obviously, Coach Beamer not leaving was still a huge thing. And he said, um, the Gamecocks, of course, uh, one of the hottest offenses in the country the last two weeks. And uh, he was impressed by what he's seen from them. He talks to Spencer Rattler all the time. He knows that Rattler is uh, measuring his future plans, whether to return or go ahead and enter the draft. And they talk, he said, like almost every night. He also talks a lot to Luke Doty. So he did say if Rattler leaves, you know, he and the family will get together and talk about things, and there's a possibility he could enroll for the 23 class if Rattler decides to depart. So that's the next chip to fall in this particular case. I have a question about that, Phil. If mm-hmm. he's if he can make that kind of decision on the fly, then clearly he's ready to go. Why not just go ahead and make that decision and move now? Well, I think reclassify. I can't I can't speak for him. I'm just thinking out mm-hmm. loud. He knows if he comes now, he'll be sitting behind Rattler and, right. and maybe others and not gonna get any work. He can go play another year of in the league he plays in, continues to get work. And, and play and and then come you know the next year when things but open he's up clearly he's clearly completed his coursework at his high school right correct mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he's he could do it offensive tackle spencer fano of provo utah made an official to clemson over the weekend and he told 24 uh, 7 sports he's down to the tigers michigan oregon and utah and he'll announce december 6th 
Wide receiver 2024 Brace Staley of Aiken was offered by NC State. He's very fast. Basketball 2025-63 Caleb Evans of Lexington is at Clemson tonight for the Penn State game, according to Jamie Shaw of On3 Sports. That's recruiting brought to you by Seawells. And let's see if we can hit up another call or two before the program ends here in a little bit. Let's go to Keith in Camden. Nope. Sorry, not Keith in Camden. It's uh, somebody else. Keith gave up on us. Can you believe that, Chris? Keith gave up on us. Next time he gives a sermon at his church. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are members of Keith's church, wherever that is, Camden or whatever, next time he starts to give a sermon, I want you to leave. And just give up on him because he gave up on us. In the meantime, we'll go to Will in Greenville. Will, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Hey, Phil. Great to hear your voice. Um, you know, I was going to say all this talking about how Clemson messed this up or messed that up or should have done this. I mean, they need to be counting their lucky stars. It wasn't a blowout mm. because besides two just awful, awful passes, by Rattler, I mean, we gave him 14 points. It could have easily gotten out of hand like the Tennessee game. Just ask Tennessee how easily it could have gotten out of hand. So, And they all say, oh, we should have ran the ball more. They tried. They ran the ball nine times in the fourth quarter and got 12 yards. You can't run the ball when they're putting eight in the box. No, three times. So, they, mean, ran it, they ran it three times in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we held the ball for 11 <laughs> minutes. If they could have ran it in the fourth quarter, they would have. You know, yeah. It's just, let me it's let me give you but... let me give you the fourth quarter only again. Uh, they ran it three times for four yards. They threw it twelve yards, th- four yards a carry. Three, yeah. I'm sorry, three times for twelve yards. Is that what I said? Three yards for twelve yards. Three. <laughs> but look three times for twelve after yards. They ran it on first, and half. they went one for seven throwing the ball. I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. They only had yeah. ten plays in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. They had it for three minutes, didn't they? But, uh, 304, you know, you're I mean, right. Mm-hmm. 304. When you give the other team 14 points on their home field, I mean, they're lucky it wasn't a blowout. So I felt very confident. But when it was 14 to 7, I felt like we were going to win. It. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think you this know, is the beginning of a streak for the Gamecocks or just a one out here? Or is this the beginning of a run well, for them? I hope so. I hope so. You know, with NIL and, and how fast Beamer's been moving with that and how Clemson's been slow to move with it, you know, I do think we have an advantage there that they're going to have to catch up. Um, you know, so hopefully it is the beginning of a streak. But, you know, I, I like DJ. I think he's a good kid, and everybody forgets these are just kids out there. So I don't, you know, yell about him or anything. But, you know, for their defensive line, for that front seven, supposedly being one of the best in the country, I mean, how many times they touch our quarterback? Once? twice the whole game yeah so i mean you can't place it all on dj i mean our wide receivers were running free and nobody was touching our quarterback and with that offensive line the way they started out the season that's just amazing i think well, um, well they looked know, really so, good the last two games and thank you for your phone call uh, i think they maybe got a little bit better chris but also i think rattler's play helped that offensive line his mobility and his getting the ball out and throwing the ball decisively took a lot of pressure off that offensive line the last two games well, they did a nice job of maneuvering him in the pocket, as you pointed out. The long touchdown pass that he threw to uh, Juice Wells, I thought, was a perfect example of that. Snapped it back to him. He scrambled out to his right. And, and Rattler's as good throwing on the run as any quarterback I've seen. I mean, he put that ball on the dime 
out to Wells. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think his mobility and his ability to throw on the move was was a major factor in that game. All right, Penn State 35-29 at the half, UCLA 31-27 at the half. Check out the website later for postgame coverage on both. Thank you, everybody. See you tomorrow night right here on Sports Talk.